You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. That is that is a good thing, I think, with Hippotractor in the sense that I, I'm allowed, of course, to give feedback to what Kiaran writes, uh, his instrumentals. We all can say that we don't like something, but we never do because it's always perfect. He's amazing. So the good thing there is that I'm forced to write, uh, you know, lyrics and melodies for those riffs. I can't change the riffs because they're perfect. So that limitation is is uh, is a good thing. There's this uh, this expression, uh, limitations breed creativity. I think it is. Uh, sometimes you can just get lost if if you have no limitations and you don't know where to start, right? So uh, that's kind of a, a, uh, something I really like to have that balance. With Psychonaut, I write everything. With Hippotractor, it's just vocals, and I need to work with what I get. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media and Evergreen Podcasts, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians, talk all about their lives and music while sharing a craft beer. I hope you had a killer weekend. I most certainly did. I had such a blast this past Saturday at Yakima Chief Hops Presents Vox and Hops Haze Wars, which took place at Kanawha Brewing. Six breweries went head-to-head to to create the best mono hop IPA featuring Yakima Chief's hops, Experimental Hop HBC 586, Killer Haze from all six breweries. You can go on, head on over to Vox and Hops' social media to find out who is Vox and Hops' Haze Lord of 2023. This Vox and Hops episode is presented by Heavy Montreal. Heavy Montreal are Montreal's premier metal promoter, and I'm very stoked to have them behind the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. Now, on today's Artist Spotlight, I'm super stoked to be showcasing Omnifarium. Get ready, everyone. This is their killer track, Dehumanize.
Damn, that was sweet. Omnifarium is a killer band that features Jose and Orta from Fit from an Autopsy. Dehumanize was taken from their album The Summoning, which dropped back in November of 2022. You should definitely go and check them out. I have put the link to their band camp in the description of this podcast. Massive cheers to Omnifarium for being on today's Artist Spotlight. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I would love for you to tell a friend about the podcast. There's someone in your life that just loves metal and craft beer. Well, you should let them know that the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast exists. You can tell them that there are over 400 episodes where I hang out with metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing a craft beer. If you were to encourage one of your metalhead craft beer enthusiast friends to become a brand new Vox and Hops head, that would be something that I would truly appreciate. Now, today's episode, I'm very stoked to be with Stefan de Graff of Psychonaut and Hippotractor. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops, episode number 406. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today, I'm very stoked to be with Stefan de Graff of Psychonaut and Hippotractor. Uh, Stefan, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Very good. Very stoked. Uh, it's a Saturday afternoon for me. It's beautiful. Uh, it's starting to warm up a little bit, maybe here in Montreal. Uh, I never trust it in March. Uh, you never know what's going to happen with the weather. I do know that I'm going to have a good time right now with you. That is something that is certain. Let's start with a very simple, simple question. Uh, how has 2023 been so far for you? Really good, actually. Yeah, we've played, uh, I think, good 10, 15 shows so far with uh, both bands combined. So, uh, yeah, they've all been really cool. It's really awesome to play these new songs for the first time and uh, really put together a new set list with some of the old stuff, some of the new stuff. And uh, yeah, just do whatever we want and can't complain. It's been great. Fantastic. That's awesome. It's very cool to have two bands and to be able to bounce back and forth like that. A lot of people would like just do one section at a time, right? But you seem to be managing to balance both, which is difficult. It can be, yeah, but so far it hasn't been a problem. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's just so great to be uh yeah, to kind of have those two things because they're quite of a different experience for me. I'm I'm just a singer in Hippo Tractor. I don't have to play guitar. So the experience is completely different and uh yeah, I love it and I love doing them at the same time as well. Yeah. I think it's super interesting. We're going to dig into that later, but it's Vox and Hops. Uh, Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing a craft beer. So what beer do you have on your side today that we will be sharing virtually? I have a local beer from uh, my my hometown, actually. It's called Mechelen. Uh, this is not the correct glass, uh, th- but this is a Gouden Carolus Triple. And I have the bottle here. Hell yes. Oh, I'm jealous. That that's see. It's been a long time since Cryptopsy's been over in uh, in Europe. So so I'm I'm Jonesing for, for some some true Belgians. Yeah, yeah. It's the best beer, you know. It it's it's just this. <laughs> so yeah, I'm enjoying uh how the carol is right now. Very cool. On my side, I am going to be enjoying something a little wackier than that. Something that would probably really upset <laughs> the Belgian true purist beer people. Uh, this is uh, from Pub Brewski. It's a very cool uh, microbrewery here in Montreal. Uh, okay. I love Derek. Uh, the brewer is a scientist. I love him to death. And uh, I was <laughs> hanging out with uh, his new... Um, 
a co-worker, an assistant brewer, Aurelien, yesterday, and he hooked me up with this. This is uh, Citra Madness. It's a an IPA that's just packed with Citra Hops. Citra, Citra Cryo, Citra Spectrum, 7.5%. Pub Brewski. Love it, love it, love it. I'm going to crack this, and I would love to hear about your very first beer, Stefan. Wow, my first beer. Fuck. <laughs> uh, must have been a really, really cheap and I assume warm beer in a plastic cup when I was 14 or 15 or so. <laughs> so I think it was a, a Jupiler. It's uh, one of the most famous uh, uh, beers in our country. Yeah, I, I assume it was that. Yeah, I didn't like it. Uh, took me, let's say, the first 30 beers I drank, I didn't want to drink. I just wanted to be a part of the of the cool kids. <laughs> and then I, uh, I started to get it. It's a beer is an acquired taste, much as extreme music is. Um, you know, the first few times I listened to even my band before I was in the band, I was like, what is going on here? I don't understand anything. And I think that's what happens <laughs> yeah. with beer. It's it's your palate needs to, to grow and develop. But a, a Jupiler is, you know, it's like a, how can we describe it? It's like a, a Budweiser from Belgium. <laughs> Yeah, but a Budweiser is an attempted jubilation. <laughs> <Let's laughs> the checks, the checks are all upset with you right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheers to you. <laughs> Cheers, man. This is a fruity as hell. Nice. I like IPAs. Mm, it's um, creamy. I like citra hops. Really, sort of like a dank cat pee <laughs> taste to it. Is this always how I how I describe it? Farty. It's really good. This is really very, okay. very, very <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very interesting and earthy. There's um, something unique about Pub Brewski's IPAs is that they tend to not taste like anybody else's. They seem to have like a signature profile to them. I don't know if it's okay. the yeast that they use or what's going on there, but uh, it's definitely interesting. So, so okay. it took you 30 beers to actually enjoy beer. At what point did you start enjoying beer and what, what, what was the motivation and then how did you end up... Um, becoming uh, acclimated towards beer i guess it was the the whole music vibe it was going to festivals with friends and uh, i was pretty late actually to the festival game uh, as a visitor i think i was 17 when i went to my first festivals and i had friends that had been going for years and years why, why would you have waited so much longer was it was it something that just wasn't interesting to you or did you not have permission to go no, I had permission, but I think, yeah, I had some some really shy years when okay. I was like 16 to, or let's say 15 to 17. Uh, those weren't very happy times for me. I was just hmm. very insecure, you know, adolescent. Yeah. And then at that time, we think we're the only people that are, right? But <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But then I just started going to festivals with friends. I had also started playing guitar. So music started to get this uh, completely new meaning to me. And I started to feel it in a very different way. And yeah, it seemed to be a part of the ritual. I guess you drink beers, you wake up when the sun is uh, when the sun is out, and you're hungover, but you just drink again. I guess, and <laughs> I just uh, did that experience, and yeah, that's when I started to get it. I guess, yeah. It's a uh, it's amazing. It's coming a little bit more here in North America. The festival vibes, but you guys are definitely so lucky to have those experiences. There's only a few. There was one or two that was happening here in Montreal, but it's 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 nothing like what you guys have in Europe. It's so, so special what Europe has, the amount of festivals that happen. You can basically be like a festival wanderer and go to a different festival every weekend, starting in June and then ending probably in, let's say, early September. It's just insane. 
Absolutely. Yeah, they're all great. I, I've, I've visited like at least 10, 10 different ones, I think. And I usually go to the same ones. You know, I love grass pop and, um, you know, things like Dour Festival and all that. Um, but every festival I've been to, I've had fun. Doesn't really matter if it wasn't my type of music or uh, whatever the circumstances, uh, mud everywhere or, or just blistering heat. I always had fun. Yeah, it's it's uh, really one of the things I treasure uh, about growing up and uh, becoming an adult, I guess, going to those festivals. Uh, so damn cool. So cool. So many amazing bands. And then like the the culture and climate of the people that are attending these mm-hmm. festivals are so like minded and the amount of lifelong friends that you can make. Yeah, absolutely. because it's like putting it's like a melting pot of just perfect, perfect humans that should be together. It's amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. And if it wasn't for festivals, I wouldn't have bought my first pair of Crocs. I, I, <laughs> I, I hated Crocs when they came out because they're so okay. stupid looking, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. then going on tour with Cryptopsy, we do these festival runs, and then I would ruin any pair of shoes that I had if you end up being booked on one of these festivals, and it turns out to be one of those muddy ones, and they haven't taken care of the situation. When you're walking around, your 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 shoes are just scrapped, and here we are yeah, like, yeah, traveling yeah. in a van, and everyone takes off their shoes and leaves it in that little door alley full of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the used stage towels down, it does nothing. So, before I went and did a a run, I think it was in 2017, 2016, I bought a pair of Crocs, and nice. I wore Crocs, and my shoes were not destroyed, and I've been wearing them since. So, so thank okay. you, festivals and muddy festivals, for inspiring me to get into the world of Crocs. And if anyone works at Crocs <laughs> is listening, let's do a Vox and Crocs uh, collab. I think oh, that'd be shit. super sick. So, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> you become more acclimated to beer at festivals. Uh, at what point, you mentioned, as you saw this, that you do enjoy IPAs. Um, did you ever get into the craft beer enthusiasm? Is it something that's hit Belgium? Is it still very traditional? You know, to be honest, I don't really think about uh, if a beer is a craft beer or not. Um it's, I guess, most beer in Belgium would qualify as craft beer. Because um, the term craft beer means that it, it depends on the amount of volume of beer that is made. Okay. That, that's, okay. I don't know what yeah. the exact, I guess I should know this, but I don't know what the exact uh, amount of liters is, but that is what the terminology comes from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just crazy. If you go to a bar, in, in uh, just a standard bar or cafe in, in uh, Belgium, you get 10 or 20, 30 different beers to choose from and you just start trying them. And most of them are really good. It's only very rarely that you order something that is just completely not your thing. Hmm. And it's it's really fun to discover them. And we had a bar here, I think, when I was uh, studying um, in, in college. We had a bar that had like 600 different beers. Wow. Uh, it was this legendary bar. I think I've heard of it. I think that people have tried to take me there. It was in, It's in, what's the big city in Belgium? Brussels, maybe. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah, we, but we actually had uh, one like that here in Mechelen, really? in our hometown as well. Yeah, they're all over the country. Oh, damn, you guys are spoiled. Yeah, yeah, we are. We are. <laughs> and he had a basement full of them. So uh, we would start trying them like alphabetically. But like in one <laughs> night, you get couldn't through get through the A. No. <laughs> it was impossible. That would always happen to whenever we play Belgium. And this episode's turned over to me about Belgium the whole time. Cryptopsy Belgium stories. Uh, we, we typically play Belgium right before going to London. And I don't know why this oh, yeah. is. It's just the way that the routing tends to have been in my history with Cryptopsy. And I remember one time specifically, we get our cases of beer and they were all 9% like 
Dubel or La was one of them. Yeah. And, yeah. and Flo, my drummer, was like, don't get too drunk. We're, we're, we got to take the ferry and we got to go through the border. And, you know, we I know how you guys get. <laughs> and then every single time we don't listen and we end up being a tad too inebriated. And the yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the 24 packs of Les Chimay does not help us at all. Oof, that's <laughs> no, that's very heavy. Yeah. <laughs> But it's good. it's 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 a good suffering. Um, yeah, yeah. I'd love to hear about the soundtrack of your youth when you were growing up in your parents or guardians' house. What music was playing when you were not in control of the radio? What music did your parents or guardians listen to? My dad was a really big uh, '70s fan, so we had Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and Deep Purple all, on all the time. But he also really liked the prog side, so uh, I think his favorite band to this day is Genesis. Hell yes, uh, pre pre Phil Collins, of course. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> And then, yeah, just all kinds of stuff that was not always my thing, but always real music with real musicians that were very capable. Like it could be something like even ABBA or it's just I didn't always like it, but I could feel what he was feeling when he was listening to it. And that really rubbed off on me. And then when I started playing guitar, like I said, yeah, that's when I I really started to get it. Uh, What was so interesting about the music, just how complex it was and how much thought went into it how difficult it was to play those riffs and solos um so yeah mostly mostly 70s stuff and then my first real um love that of of like let's say a band that i really was into was a uh, lincoln park that was when i was like 12 13 years old i literally listened to hybrid theory this morning i'm not joking i'm on this like trip of nostalgia i don't know why yeah yeah it's timeless yeah it is the hits the hits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Um, so, so it was always guitar first. Why the guitar first? Uh, why the vocals after? Did you become a vocalist? I've spoken to a lot of people, so so some, most of the time it tends to be you become a vocalist because you can't find anyone else, and they're like, oh, you 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 suck the least. So 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 you're going to be the singer. <laughs> is that is that the case, or or did you always want to sing, but you under you were too shy, and guitar was an easier way to to be artistic without actually being the front man? No, it's definitely the first thing. Yeah, we so. At one point, I was playing in a different band with uh, Thomas, who also plays in Psychonauts, and Peter, the first drummer of Psychonauts. That's amazing. Uh, the three of us were in our first band, and then so uh, cool. we had a yeah, and we we played like it was a stoner rock blues band, you know, just very seventies inspired. And we had a, a fourth member for a while, a singer, a really good singer actually. But after a while, he got really busy with uh, his studies, and he couldn't show up to rehearsals all the time, so. Yeah, we got a little bored of rehearsing without a singer and the mics were there. So, you know, just for fun, Thomas and I, we started singing Um, and it wasn't really very serious at first. But after a while, we discovered that there were actually quite a few things we could sing. Most of the things we could not sing. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, there were a few things that we were like, okay, that's actually something new. And maybe that's something that your voice should do more often and maybe we should sing together on some songs and then gradually the the singer left the band uh, eventually and we were left with the three of us and we just decided to start fresh and then 
start singing with uh, the two of us. So we became co-singers in that way uh, in Psychonauts. That's the, the, the birth story. That's interesting. Thankfully, that that's good singer you mentioned. Um, continued his studies so that we got yeah. Psychonaut. That makes me very happy. Yeah, Psychonaut yeah, yeah. dropped Violet Consensus of Reality back in October 2022. Um, great record. Very, very... I love... And Pel- Pelagic sends any promo my way. I'm going to listen to it because I trust Pelagic's... Uh, artistic integrity would be the yeah, best yeah, way yeah. to put it so so I, I was immediately hooked just so damn interesting killer killer guitar work killer vocals you, the dual vocals just awesome um hippotractor dropped meridian back in 2021 um i had also listened to that because it's on pelagic um completely different vibe uh you're only singing uh talk to me about the freedom of stepping away from the guitar and having this dual personality, almost artistic personality. It must be very uh, freeing and interesting. I've had projects before, different, completely different than Cryptopsy. Uh, so, so I understand where this is coming from. So, so talk to me about your exploration of stepping away from the guitar and just being a sole vocalist and the need to have two projects. Sure. Um, so it all started when when the guys in Hippo Tractor, uh, they, were, they were just a, a three-piece band. They were instrumental. And at one point, Kiaran asked me if I wanted uh, to join. And I said, sure. Uh, I think it sounds really interesting, but uh, I'm a bit worried that I might not have the time to practice as much as I need. Um, and you know what? I think you guys really need uh, a vocalist that only focuses on singing because this is just a band that needs that person, I think. So what would you say if I were just singing and not playing guitar and you liked the idea? Yeah, things just took off from that point. And I remember that it was fucking scary, the first live show. I can imagine because, so, because you're, you're, um, you're, you're, you're not hiding behind. Exactly, yeah. And even so, I mean, in, uh, we have this stage set up where I'm kind of... Um, facing the the crowd with my side so i'm mm, like in a profile um, and i choose to to face the crowd sometimes but usually i'm not really looking at them so that really helps me um but still it's so scary because if you have to play guitar and sing at the same time i guess you always have an excuse right if you don't sing well you can always say yeah dude i know but i have to play at the same time you know it's hard <laughs> huh? um, and now i don't have that excuse no 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 so, it's all you uh, I, yeah it's uh, i have one job right so it's scary but i fell in love with it after like the fifth show maybe the first ones were really scary but once i felt a bit more comfortable you know, it's so fun to be so free to to just move around and not worry about the guitar, not having to tune between songs um, and talking to the crowd. Cool. Technical aspects are not yeah, your yeah, concern yeah, yeah. right there. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a very, very yeah freeing experience. Like you said, it's uh, it's amazing. And that's what's so great about it. I mean, I would miss playing guitar so much if I didn't have Psychonaut. So there's a, it's a good thing that I have both of them. It's, it's absolutely perfect. It's like this dual personality thing. It's, it's so interesting. Uh, how did you craft, and, and this is something that is, it's thought about, but then when you're actually on stage, it, it takes time to develop but like a, a new stage persona, let's say. Is that something that you had to like actively work towards? Because you can't, you could have but I don't think you have, uh, basically have the same person be in both bands. But that's not good for the band. The bands need identity, right? So so how did you go about creating two separate stage personas? And um, Exactly, yeah. 
Mm, yeah. You know, I think it started with the concept behind the album. It was a story about this this uh, person growing up all alone uh, without other humans that surrounded him and basically like this, uh, you know, let's say a caveman uh, who has to figure out what everything means himself and kind of gives his own meaning to life. So I'm really trying to emulate that person from the album when I'm on stage. And yeah, to me, he's, you know, he's a, a very... Um, smart and strong person but also a very lonely and very angry person that is constantly just burdened with questions that he he doesn't find the answer to like why is he there why is he alone what's up with this whole world and you know why can't i talk to anyone and so it's basically me just trying to uh yeah live live through him vicariously i guess was it interesting having started a band with peter and then built psychonaut to what it was here you are, you're stepping into Hippotractor, but he's not there. Was that weird? Sure, yeah. It's, uh, you know, the, the only person that I that I really knew in Hippotractor at first was uh, the guitar player, Kiara, because he's also the producer uh, of Psychonaut. Ah, and he's interesting. Just, you know, yeah. one of my best friends for like 15 years. Uh, so we know each other really well. And the other two guys, I didn't really know that well. Um, but yeah, it's it's always scary to go into a band with new people, right? You have to uh connect not only musically but also just as friends you need to be able to have fun together right because otherwise why would you do it so it was it was definitely scary at first yeah and i felt like the new guy i felt like oh the singer you know i'm still so the, i'm I, still the new cryptopsy singer it's okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's yeah it was a bit it was a bit scary but but it's all good now yeah i love them they're all such great guys uh, you mentioned your your friend, the producer, always produces Psychonaut. When I was setting up for this, uh, you guys dropped in 2021 a split with someone, but you produced it. Can we talk about that? Yeah, unless it's it's, it's, it's incorrectly listed on the internet. No, no, no. It is. It's. Uh, I think the if I remember correctly, uh, the past three Psychonaut albums always had myself and Kiaron okay. uh, as co-producers. But I think maybe the the order of the names changed there. That could be a thing which yeah. is why you uh, okay i understand <laughs> yeah we, we co-produce it uh, basically very yeah. interesting is that something that um is important for you to to be that involved from a to z yeah absolutely i mean with hippotractor it's different because kieran writes most of the music i just write the vocals and the, and the lyrics and melodies and all that but with psychonaut i'm the main songwriter so in a way it's it's kind of my album you know i i want it to be exactly like i want it to be and I don't want to give up that control. And sometimes that can be a bit stressful for the rest of the guys I can imagine, but I, I need it, yeah. Hmm. I, we're, we're very lucky we have Christian Donaldson in the band and he produces us. So so it's it's a pure trust. I know that he's going to do a great job. He's one of the best in the world, in my opinion. Um, writing for Psychonaut versus writing for Hippotractor, The Freedom we were talking about a bit earlier really comes into play in this aspect as well because you are not playing guitar so when you're writing vocals there's no limitations to can i play this while i sing that is that something that comes a lot of when you're writing psychonaut is it the riffs first i guess i'm i'm, I'm leaning into two questions here so so the the when you're writing for psychonaut it's the riffs first and then the vocals come afterwards, but there's never any limitations like, oh, I would have wished I could have sang that, but I can't because I'm playing this. Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, 
you know, usually I don't really think about can I sing something oh, and play cool. it at the same time, and then that fucking sucks when I have to try it. <laughs> Some of the stuff is really intense. They're like on <laughs> violate is just yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm kind of managing most of them. <laughs> there's just one song that's that's really hard, but uh, most of them are pretty okay. And I think I actually prefer to just write with complete freedom, and then. If I really can't play it and sing it, then maybe I'll simplify the guitar parts a bit, uh, something okay. like that. But it would be a shame to not sing something that's the perfect melody mm -hmm. just because I can't play it. You know, I just need to practice. <laughs> I need to be able to do it. <laughs> you need to become superhuman. Yeah. Yeah. But but the limitations thing, that is that is a good thing, I think, with Hippotractor in the sense that I... I'm allowed, of course, to give feedback to what Kiaran writes, uh, his instrumentals. We all can say that we don't like something, but we never do because it's always perfect. He's amazing. So the good thing there is that I'm forced to write, uh, you know, lyrics and melodies for those riffs. I can't change the riffs because they're perfect. So that limitation is is uh, is a good thing. There's this uh, this expression. Uh, limitations breed creativity mm -hmm. i think it is uh sometimes you can just get lost if if you have no limitations that's and true, you don't though. know where to start right that's true or when so, to end exactly yeah mm -hmm. yeah so uh, that's kind of a, a uh, something i really like to have that balance with psychonaut i write everything with hippotractor it's just vocals and i need to work with what i get you're like given a canvas and you get to fill in the colors whereas yeah, exactly. in the other one you're building a house <laughs> and you have to hang a canvas in it <laughs> exactly <laughs> very That's interesting nice, um the title track of psychonaut killer track killer belgian super group um all the guests is stephanie from brutus colin from amena um so damn cool just uh was was it there was it like a mentally chosen thing to to make it like a belgian powerhouse not really no we we just wrote the song it was finished it was good but it wasn't great you know and we were thinking about ways to to improve it and we first had the idea i think uh to ask colin to do the screams uh and then we also got the idea to ask stephanie to sing on the outro of the of the track to have this really big choir uh going on but then she surprised us by improvising something over the intro something that we we didn't ask for but she did and that was, that completely changed everything uh really made her mark on that track same with colin i mean i could never do screams like that it's so fucking brutal when when he does them and i'm doing them live of course but but still it's yeah it's it's just something that kind of happened organically i guess the idea was there and luckily we know them and they're you know really nice people and they they helped us out yeah I'm huge fans of uh, both of their bands. Uh, um, yeah, me Brutus's too. album was on my top ten this year. Amon Ra, whenever they drop something, is always on my top ten. Um, something special going on in Belgium. I, I, it's you know for a country that you can drive across in three hours, four hours uh, to have this many amazing bands happening. It's very cool. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's something that a lot of uh, people tell us. Uh, people from different countries they always ask us what the fuck is going on in Belgium. <laughs> so, I don't know. <laughs> And and Colin's just his his vocals are just so abrasive and and manic is is really the word that comes to my mind just just amazing I love it I love it and having guests like that that come in and do more than just fill the void of what you had expected them to do that they make their mark is what 
having guest vocals should be. It should be someone that comes in and and puts their touch, their their golden finger yeah, into exactly. into the sphere of the song to create something new rather than just this is my section. Yeah. yeah I agree. I think it's yeah. really cool. Really really very cool. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hopsins? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right, I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. Something very important for me uh, to talk about is mental health. I think that uh, the more that everyone hears... um, what people do when they're not feeling well, the more it will uh, make it be okay and be uh, acceptable that humans are vulnerable, even tough, evil metalheads like us. So, so what do you do when you're not feeling well? What, what is your tactic to uh, tackle the demons, to, to pull yourself out of the darkness if that's something that happens to you? Wow, wasn't expecting that question there. I guess, you know, obviously music, music is always there when I need it. And that's the beautiful thing about it. it. Sometimes you don't really want to be happy, but that's okay. Like you said, you can just put on a song that kind of reflects how you are feeling, which kind of forces you to go even more down into it. But it, in, a, in a weird way, it becomes something beautiful, like the, the misery becomes something something productive or positive, I don't know. And yeah, so the first thing I always do is music. And aside from that, I I, I, love to, I love to do physical things. I love to just move and exercise and just make sure that I'm that I'm healthy and feeling good. Yeah, even though uh, I can be very lazy sometimes too. But uh, yeah, I would say those two things: just music and do something with your body. It can also be meditation or yoga. But uh, something physical is always a good idea, I think. It's true because cause if you bask in the darkness, that's, that's, that's where trouble can come. But if you get up and you're moving and you're doing something good for yourself, even if it's a small thing such as going for a walk, at least there's like you've accomplished something, a small goal. That's something that I've heard from a lot of people. Like you set these small goals. And if you set a goal and you achieve it, then you have something to feel good about. So, so if you're in a dark place, that could be one tactic. That is a good one. Another one, you, you mentioned putting on music that matches that dark feeling. So that's almost like basking in it and then just like <laughs> marinating. But then having the musical aspect of it lift you up because the music is something that saved you, that introduced you to, to fests, to drinking. Um, you, it got you through your shy years. Uh, talk to me about the shy years and were you playing guitar during the shy years or did that come, what brought you out of the shy years? 
Both, yeah. They're definitely what helped me become more social and, you know, gain a bit more confidence because I found something that I was, you know, pretty good at uh, at the time. I couldn't play that well yet, but uh, it, no, at least gave me the... that guy that, that was better than everyone else, though. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it was a big confidence booster for me. Yeah, I was just, you know, I was kind of waiting until the sad feeling went away for a long time just figuring it out or just thinking like, you know, this has to pass eventually. Right. Even if I don't do anything and I guess it, that's kind of what happened, but you know, I, I still think it's, it has to, it has to do with a lot of things. I was a really bad student, uh, had a lot of trouble with, uh, yeah, with authority and, uh, was very rebellious uh, really? as an adolescent, which is ironic because I'm a teacher myself now. No <laughs> but, way. Uh, I am. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, I guess I wanted to be one of the good ones instead of one of the assholes, you know, probably something <laughs> like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, most of it is thanks to music, friends, absolutely. Meeting Peter, he, he he's my best friend for, he's been my best friend for 15 years or so now. And uh, he really helped me get get a lot more confident and just also get, get the confidence to talk to girls, for instance, you know. Um, yeah, music and friends. That's what helped me. There's an interesting thing that happens when a child basically loses, when a child loses their innocence, let's say, and then, because children are whimsical, right? I work in daycare, so I, I'm an early childhood educator, so there are days where we eat tortellini, and these kids, it's like Christmas morning. If they, if we, they walk in from outside and they see that lunch tray and it's tortellini and they didn't know, the happiest, it's like from zero to 150 on the happy scale. As we get older, and as we lose our child, um, childish, whiz, whimsical mind, our innocence, we could say, there's a time of darkness where, you, where we have, we're searching for our purpose in life, right? And music is something that definitely touched me as well. So I'm glad that it touched you. And it's something that, you know, some people become more like, oh, I'm going to become a doctor. And then, then that's their, their, their path. Right. Exactly. I think that's yeah. really something that happens. Like children lose their innocence. And then they, there's these years of searching. What the fuck am I going to do with my life? <laughs> cause, cause Santa Claus doesn't exist. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's like you said, it's, it's uh, finding that passion, finding mm -hmm. something that really gets you through. Um, and it's one thing to get into music as a listener, which is of course also very therapeutic, but if you actually discover that you want to play music and that you have a little bit of talent for it, for me, that was just like a spark that immediately I realized I want to be a musician one day. I want to be a guitar player in a band, you know, was it something like you wanted to emulate other guitarists or were you already writing? And it was that, that's like a big moment for people like. I can make my own music. It's like amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. At first, I just wanted to be Jimmy Page. That was <laughs> that was the goal. I think <laughs> I you, just you, surpassed, to... you surpassed that playing. You're okay now. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say that, but you know, I I just wanted to be a lead guitarist in a band with a really good singer and a really good bass player and drummer, uh, which was the first lineup we had, I guess. You know, with uh, with Peter and Thomas and our fourth singer. Yeah, and then after a while, uh, I remember that I, I got my first interface that I could plug into my computer and record myself with easily. And that's when everything really started for me, where I could record myself playing. And first, I just recorded covers to, to practice and to evaluate myself, you know. And then I started writing little doodles my, uh, myself and, you know, gradually got better at those. 
and that's when the actual fun really started <laughs> to, to this day I, I love playing on a stage but my favorite part is the writing itself it's uh the, the best feeling in the world to me even if you're not even writing something good and you're aware of it at the time it's still so amazing you just get lost in this puzzle this infinite puzzle of possibilities and no so that many doors together yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing. That's awesome, uh, teacher. I have to pick at this. Um, what, what 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 when you say a teacher, what 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 do you teach? What do you do? I teach uh, French, English, and Dutch, and uh, for ages sixteen to twenty, I wow. guess so the old, the later stages of a secondary school here in Belgium. In 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 sc- in the school system. Yeah, yeah amazing. The standard school system. I love this. Yeah. Okay, I have to I have to dig into this. Um, do any of your students? know who you are are there any fans that have discovered that you're their teacher uh not in that way some students have kind of gotten into our music because i told them i play in this band you know uh, if you want to you can listen to them um but never the other way around okay no, no. <laughs> one day will happen they'll be they'll be cool who knows yeah who knows i'm yeah, still I, waiting I for I, a parent to come and realize that it's me Oh yeah, yeah. I I have had some parents. That, that, that has happened. Yeah, yeah. That has happened. Yeah. <laughs> That's so damn cool. <laughs> and then another question is the when you see someone that was like you were in high school, what do you do to to? I imagine you're more understanding than your teachers probably were when you were a rebellious teen that didn't want to do well in school. Yeah, I, I just didn't want to be there in the first place. I was made to be there, you know, like most kids don't really want to go to school, which is a shame because you should want to, I guess, but uh, because it's it's super important. But if you're not feeling it, you're not feeling it. And my parents were brave enough to actually get me out of school for a few years. Yeah, the, it was a very courageous decision, I think, because it could have gotten wrong. It could have gone wrong completely. So they but took I you just, to the system and then like homeschooled you? Something like that. Yeah. Um, and then I went, I, I had a job for like four days in a week and went to school for one day. It was this special type of education uh, yeah. you could do, this yeah. very pra- practical yeah. um, formation. Where you're like learning a trade, basically. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then when I was 18, I, I went to get my degree and went off to college. And uh, At that point at college, had you tackled what you needed to tackle to enter the system again and accept the authority? Uh, I, it was a long process and I think I'm still kind of learning um, because I had some wrong ideas about it, I guess. I, I, was, I, I think I needed to grow up a bit more because I was kind of still rebellious in my teacher training days, you know? And That's very funny that you, you chose to be a teacher though, despite the fact how much you hated school. <laughs> It's like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna trap myself here for even longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Are you teaching in your high school that you went to? Oh no, 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 no. Because no, no, that, no, no. that would be even crazier. <laughs> that would be crazy. Yeah. No, it's uh, I don't know. I, I had to learn what it actually means to be a good teacher. But you know, to answer your first question, it's it's exactly like you say. It's show empathy. Uh, show them that it's actually quite normal to not want to sit down for eight hours a day when you're 15 years old, just listening to some guy like, oh, do you need to know this? Why? Because it's on a test. You know, you need to know it because you're gonna, you need your degree to get a job, to blah, blah, blah. So you need someone that is that is heartfelt and that kind of uh, doesn't take it too seriously either. You know what I mean? It's only school. 
but it's also it's also really it's important, super important but, but as, as you just mentioned it's like you need to learn this because it's on a test why is it on a test because someone told me to put it on a test yeah exactly exactly so don't forget that it's just one place where you learn you learn everywhere you know and everything you learn outside of school is important too so it's it's a balance between and that's the thing you know the teachers i hated they weren't doing anything wrong i was just not in the right place that was just not the way i wanted to learn so that's where it went wrong i guess hopefully as as the years go on I, i'm seeing it happen more and more there's the school system should be more expanded to adapt to everyone's needs and and not every person learns in the same way so so and i'm seeing more and more things happening and i mm-hmm. hope that it continues to go in that way because because we're all yeah. different and we all i have the capacity to learn everything but sure. we don't all fit into the same mold and that's that's what needs to be fixed you put x amount of kids into a room with one person and expect everyone to be learn the same way it's not going to work out very well and the teachers suffer and they burn (laughs) out really 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 quickly i have many close friends of mine they most teachers have a good 10 years where they're very excited and gung-ho and then they burn out because the system does that to them it's not the kids it's definitely not the kids yeah, it's the same thing here. It's five years here, actually. Yeah, most sucks. people quit after five years. And we have a huge uh, deficit, let's say, uh, just a, la- a lack of teachers. Yeah. So I'm good for you for, for being there for the kids and, 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 and teaching and tackling what you needed to tackle to get back into the system. And, and you're like hands-on changing your ex- the experience that you had. And I think that's fucking amazing. Thanks, man. Very, very cool. (laughs) Uh, Something that I'm doing uh, this year, something brand new, is I'm asking my guests um, something I'm calling Fight the Hops. It's a very small goal, something that you have been working on either the past few months or something you're hoping to work on, something that you would like to accomplish. It could be something physical. It could be something mental. become something uh, career-wise. What are you doing right now to fight the hops? A very small, obtainable goal that you hope to meet soon. I guess the first goal I have is to write the first song for the next Psychonaut album. <laughs> that's always the, the, the biggest victory. If you have the first track, that's finished, you know. Um, thinking of something else. I actually got into a new sport. I, I got into bouldering, which is a big hype. What is that? I have no idea what that is. It's just indoor climbing, you know, climbing oh. on, on these plastic holes. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's, without a, it's without a rope. It's just only yes. four meters high. Yeah, yeah, just having a lot of fun uh, doing that. It's just a new, uh, a new love, I guess, and just uh, learning my, learning to get to know my body a bit more, I guess, and uh, becoming stronger and uh, more healthy, more in shape, I guess. That's something that's just done a lot for me mentally, and uh, I feel so much better now. Amazing, amazing. Uh, I like making beer collabs. I like making collabs in general. I do it for Cryptopsy. I do it for Vox and Hops all the time. I've released 60 to 80 collabs in the past four years. I have 30 new ones coming up this year. Um, What would you do? A perfect collab. It doesn't have to be a beer. The perfect Psychonaut product where you would put your logo on and be proud of it. Wow. Wow. I actually haven't thought about that. Perfect product. Hmm. We're always worrying about new merch designs, but I guess that's too easy. Uh, it's a very easy one, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You could sell it as a merch design. I've made teas, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've made coffees. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People want us to do a nude calendar. Oh. That's a, that's a okay. thing. Yeah. It's a, it's a joke that got out of hand here in Belgium. Interesting. <laughs> but, uh, no, actually, uh, 
ha, one day I'd love to have a custom guitar. Oh yeah. To be yeah. honest, yeah. to be honest, that would be is amazing. Is there um, a company? Because you never know who listens to this, right? So, is there a company out there that you would love to team up with? Um, I love Reverend Guitars. Uh, I'm, I already have um, an endorsement deal with them, and I love their guitars, man. Yeah, uh, they're so great because they make these baritone guitars that that I have to use because we tune very low. Um, but they don't feel like baritones. They play very smoothly. The neck is like relatively short for a baritone. Uh, but my and my dream has always been to have a baritone Les Paul, uh, a real Gibson baritone Les Paul. But uh, and I think one they they made one once, but it was like ten thousand euros. Um, but maybe something like that, like a Les Paul body and feel, but a baritone. Very if Reverend sick. could do that, come on, Reverend, come, <laughs> come on. on, do it. Hook up Stefan. He's 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 showcasing your stuff all over the place, including exactly on Vox and Hops. <laughs> come on, uh, I have to say, massive cheers to Robin from pelagic the ocean for introducing us uh making this happen um talk to me about being on pelagic having two projects on pelagic how easy is it to just choose to be with pelagic records yeah it's 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 still an, an honor for us to be a part of that i remember when when we were just talking about maybe reaching out to them um, for this re-release of uh, our first album, that was the idea. We we ran out of vinyls. We just pressed uh, the album ourselves. And our merch guy, he recommended us to talk to Pelagic, and we didn't believe it was possible. We said, you're fucking crazy, man. Just let it go. But he <laughs> sent them a message anyway, and thanks to him, um, we got into contact with uh, with Robin, and that's how it all happens. And same with Hippotractor. That was, that was super funny. Um, so our manager for, from Psychonaut, he, um, I showed him the Hippotractor demos. Um, and Pelagic doesn't really listen to demos that often, but I just asked him, you know, do you think this is good enough to send to Pelagic just to see if they're interested? And he, he replied like, holy, what, what the fuck is this, man? This already sounds like a really good album because Kieran the records the demos. They yeah. sounded fucking great. Yeah. And we sent them to Robin, um, just like, hey, here's a new project by uh, featuring Stefan from Psychonaut. Uh, would you be up for a release? And like a few hours later, we, he sent us one one sentence back that was like, this is fucking insane. Count me in. Amazing. And the deal was done. And then, and then goosebumps <laughs> on your arm and like, yeah. ah, tortellini, yeah. tortellini day. Uh, Absolutely. In the camp fucking of Hippotractor. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And yeah, I mean, they're an amazing label. Uh, I love every single band on there i have never heard a band from pelagic that i didn't like they've gotten us so many shows so many opportunities uh, our reputation has gone up like you said if it's a pelagic band you're gonna listen to them because you know chances are it's gonna be good it's been so it's, it's a seal of approval exactly yeah so we're, we're very very happy to to work with these great guys yeah, Amazing. I love it. One last question. Classic Vox and Hops wrap-up question. Probably doesn't happen to you very often, but maybe it sort of did back when you were doing those fests, um, when you were discovering drinking. Um, every once in a while, happens to everyone, what is your hangover cure? Okay. Um, I eat a banana. Ooh, like a potassium. Yeah. yeah. I, I take a shower. 
and then I wait until I feel better, and then I eat something. But the banana is the magic weapon for me. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I sometimes eat it in the shower. <laughs> no. <It's very>, uh, <laughs> just be like miserable. Just take my banana, go to the shower, That's and so just funny. hold it out of the water. That's so funny. Just, uh, oh fuck, this sucks. <laughs> Showers do help. I don't know what it is. I yeah, think it's yeah. like you, yeah. you, you. We must drink more water than we think in a shower, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We hydrate so that a way, little bit I guess, there. Yeah. I don't know if like breathing it in helps too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it yeah. does seem to help, and, and, and not many people say that. Because I ask this question, yeah, everyone. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's true that it makes you feel a little bit better. Stefan, yeah. thank you so so much for hanging out with me, talking about your life, talking about music, talking about craft beer. I had a blast. Everyone, go check out Psychonaut Hippo Tractor. You will not be disappointed. Uh, two very different um, bands, but both fucking killer. And Stefan's just killing it. Massive cheers to you. This was great. Thanks so much, man. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Man, this was an awesome conversation. I am so damn stoked that Robin from the Ocean, Pelagic Records, Vox and Hops alumni, introduced me to Stefan. We had a killer conversation. I'm a huge fan of both of his bands. Uh, I love people that have multiple musical identities, and I absolutely adore digging into that when I have conversations with them. Also was super surprised to find out that he is a teacher. Uh, I'm an early childhood educator so whenever i find other people in the metal world that also has the dual identity of being an educator i think that's super interesting and i would love to dig further into that with stefan one day in the future massive cheers to you stefan for hanging out with me and talking about your life and music while sharing a craft beer it is always a pleasure and i can't wait to hang out with you again now, if you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You could do that on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. When you do that, you shall receive one email a week that contains all of the details of everything that has happened recently in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. You will see which episodes I dropped recently. You will get to see which episodes I have coming up. You will also get to hear about any projects I have in the works before I announce them to the public, such as my massive global beer collab project, Pit Culture. You will get to find out which collabs are dropping next and you also get to see which albums the vox and hops album review crew have reviewed recently and you will get to see which albums jerry monk vox and hops's metal architect has added to the brutal awakenings playlist there's always a lot of stuff going on in the world of the vox and hops metal podcast and i hate when you miss a single thing so please do me a favor and sign up to the mailing list the vox and hops metal podcast is brought to you by sound talent media and evergreen podcasts i hope you have a killer rest of the week i will be back on friday with another episode episode with the neurodivergent crew this is a killer episode but until then remember to enjoy life metal and craft beer cheers fox and hops heads hey what's up this is blake wyland i'm the host of the tone mob podcast it's a show where i interview guitar people about guitar stuff we talk about their pedals their amps their accessories their preferences all that stuff as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out.